Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Piers Morgan on Censored Tonight. Hours turn to minutes. A massive rescue mission to find the stricken Titan sub enters its desperate final phase. I'll talk to friends of explorers on board and ask a panel of ocean experts how much hope remains, if any. Also tonight is an author, an activist, a world-famous intellectual. Dr Cornel West has been a lifetime fighting the status quo. Now he's fighting for the Oval Office. He joins me live. And the Miss England beauty pageant plans to bring back the swimwear round after a 20-year ban. Cue delight and disdain in equal measure. Is this firebrand feminism or Stone Age sexism? We'll debate. Live from the News Building in London, this is Piers Morgan Uncensored. Well, good evening from London. Welcome to Piers Morgan Uncensored. Taking risks is the fire behind the human spirit. This ravenous desire to adventure, explore and conquer has taken us, mere human beings, to the planet's tallest peaks and beyond into space. It drove us to populate and dominate the world and to this day it burst through the boundaries of science and tests the limits of human potential. Without it, frankly, we're just lumps of dull meat. The five people on board the missing Titan submersible who have gone missing by the side of the wreckage of the Titanic, they took a major risk and they knew what that risk was. The waiver they signed mentions potential death three times on its front page. They're under no illusion about what may happen down in the murky depths of that ocean. The pledge made clear that the experimental vessel has not been approved or certified by any regulatory body. Any failure could cause severe injury or death. So they knew that, but they wanted to do it anyway. They were prepared to plunge almost 4,000 metres into the dark and icy depths in a tin can the size of a car for a glimpse of one of the great historic legends, the Titanic. I wouldn't do it. I hate heights and I hate depths. But, my God, I admire those who do this kind of thing. Last night, I interviewed Janik Mickelson, a close friend of billionaire explorer Hamish Harding, who's strapped on board. Hamish is larger than life. Uh, he loves exploration. He's been to space. He's been to the deepest point of the planet. He's been to the South Pole. And he's also mentored me a lot in my career as an explorer. And this is why I'm living close to the North Pole, to train to be a polar explorer and survive in a polar climate. It's hard not to admire someone who succeeded in life, made all his money, 
but chooses to spend his time at the frontiers of human existence and, of course, spend his money in the process. But not everyone agrees. We live in spiteful times, fueled by vicious social media. Some people th seem to think that because the people on the sub are wealthy, then they're fair game just for mindless abuse, even though they may already be dead. Hamish Harding tweeted one of these people. Uh, one of the bleep millionaire, billionaires on that stupid submarine is rich from running a private jet company, said this pathetic individual. He's literally cooking the planet alive or meant to feel bad. His stupid head has been squashed by the righteous pressure of the ocean. Imagine tweeting that to the world, that that's your thought about people who are either trapped and may never escape or are dead because they went to try to explore. I can't imagine being that disgusting. We used to glorify explorers. We used to revel in their adventure and celebrate them. And certainly we would mourn them if they failed in their risky challenges. But now people like to despise them and laugh at them when they're in their most utmost peril. And there were loads of comments like this on Twitter in the last couple of days. Maybe we can get rid of the world's billionaires by encouraging them to take pleasure trips on mini submarines to view the wreck of the last mini submarine crammed with billionaires, said this charming lady. Keep it going. She said, like the old lady who swallowed a fly until they're all gone. And a friend of this show, Ash Sarker, an otherwise intelligent political commentator, said this, if the super rich can spend £250,000 on vanity jaunts 2.4 miles beneath the ocean, then they're not being taxed enough. Again, what would prompt you to say that when we don't know what's happened to these people, when they might be dead or dying or desperate, terrified, in total darkness, freezing cold, the bottom of the ocean. Why would your mind turn to being envious of money they've made or thinking this is about taxation? It's nothing to do with tax and nothing to do with your pathetic jealousies. It, there's a frantic search now to rescue five innocent lives. Now is not the time for puerile abuse on Twitter or pathetic student politics. If these keyboard warriors had the reins, we'd never discover most of the world we live in or make it to space or to the depths of the ocean. We'd still be using leeches to cure the plague. Adventurers are the people who strive to go bigger, harder, faster and stronger than the rest of us. They take risks we wouldn't want to do all the time. Tonight, with just hours of oxygen remaining on board that tiny vessel, I just want to say, and I hope most right-minded people would agree with me that I hope these five adventurers somehow survive to tell their stories and then plan their next adventure because they are the type of people that really makes this world go round. Well, joining me is oceanographer Dr David Gallagher, a close personal friend of one of the men on board, Paul-Henri Nagiole, and by Fred Hagen, who's taken the trip to visit the Titanic wreckage twice, including with Paul-Henri, and sub-owner Stockton Rush, and by submersible expert William Conan, who says he warned Stockton Rush that the Titan sub could be catastrophically unsuitable. Well, welcome uh, to all of you. Let me start with you, uh, Dr Gallo, if I may. Uh, we've talked before when I was at, at CNN about uh, different kinds of, of situations like this, but it seems a particular uh, crisis where you have this tiny submersible that's gone down to this historic site of the Titanic, and we don't know what's happened. 
today there was this glimmer of hope about whether a, a sound that was resonating every 30, 30 minutes may be an SOS signal. Let me start with that. What did you make of that? Should we read too much into it? What else could that noise be? Yeah, thanks, Pierce. Uh, well, yesterday uh, was a gloomy day for me because I saw the end coming. The end was near. And uh, I had been paying attention to this uh, notion that there was an explosion heard by a seismic uh, device about the same time the sub was last heard from. But then, last night, we had this uh, news about uh, these, this rapping sound, banging sounds. And at first, I thought, well, here's another rumor. Uh, let me see who the source is. And it's a really credible source. And it happened multiple times and reported by multiple different uh, platforms, aircrafts. So uh, it's really boosted my uh, morale quite a bit. And I'm hoping and praying that uh, we have a happy ending to this. And you know um, this uh, wonderful character, Paul Henri, who's done, I think, 30 trips down to the Titanic. He's, he's amassed a huge collection of stuff that he's found there, including chandeliers and so on. So it's obviously uh, something he's incredibly experienced at, at doing. Um, we're seeing a picture of the two of you together now, in fact. Tell me about uh, Paul Henri and tell me also someone of his experience on board is that exactly who you need when you get a crisis like this, if they are indeed still alive? Absolutely. Well, let me clarify something. When you mentioned he amassed uh, this collection, not personally, at the time yeah. he was working for RMS Titanic, Inc., and, uh, and those are now in an artifact exhibit, so he doesn't have them personally. Um, yeah, he's uh, incredibly wise, uh, battle-hardened, and calm, as you can imagine, and pleasant, as much on the deck of a rolling ship in a hurricane as he is sitting in a Parisian cafe. Uh, he is the kind of guy that uh, can coolly and calmly think his way through big problems. And uh, just amazing. He was the person that really put everything together for us to find Air France uh, 447, which many thought was, uh, well, would never be found. So uh, what's uh, sad is that normally he'd be on this side of the camera with me mm. commenting on a situation like this, but now he's on the other side of the camera, so it's a bit different for me, very different for him. Let me bring in uh, Fred Hagen. You've been a passenger on board the Titan in, uh, twice, in fact, uh, with Paul Henri. So you know him better than, than most. You also know this vessel extremely well. What are your thoughts right now do you believe there's hope or are we really at the end game do you do you fear as as long as there is hope we have to make every effort to rescue them and i have to tell you Piers, thank you so much for your eloquent introduction it articulated exactly what i've been telling people that it, it this human beings are differentiated by from animals by that divine spark that wants us to achieve wants us to go further and deeper and faster and that's what distinguishes those gentlemen and i'm really tired of the negativity people mm. trying to tear stockton here's a man who's who's like trying to democratize the depths he's trying to come up with a new technology he's pushing the envelope and he's using the wealth of businessmen to fund what should have been funded by the U.S. government and by governments to research the depths of the ocean because the depths of the ocean are fundamental to our future. That's where we're going to find the elements to power the green economy. And I've seen the same remarks you're talking about, even on my social media feed, mm -hmm. people talking about how could we spend this money 
to rescue these billionaire businessmen. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to tell you why we do that. We would do it even if they were homeless children sitting in a cave, mm -hmm. because the world rises to that challenge. And the poor we will have with us only. Jesus said that, and that we can't go to a better source than that. And I would also say that this is an opportunity for the government to pay tribute to the private enterprise that is driving the technology that will be required to explore inner space, much as private technology is exploring outer space. So kudos to, to Stockton for taking that risk, for moving forward. And, you know, it's like the Wright brothers. When they took that first flight and they released from the bonds of Earth, they had no backup. They had no safety plan. If they'd have crashed and gotten killed, they still would have been the first to fly. He is the first person who's trying to democratize the depths. And my hat's off to him. Let me ask you, uh, from, you've been on Titan, so what are the conditions likely to be like if they're still alive and this sound, this banging sound, is indeed them expressing an SOS uh, call for help? What would those conditions be like inside there right now if they are right down near the Titanic? Well, it's horrifying for me to think of. when I, Last year when I was down with PH, it, you know, the titanium nose it, it, it seeps in the the icy cold because the water down there is at, at a freezing level and it condenses and there um, there would be sitting on the mats in the back of the submersible but it's a very small space so the five of them must be laying side by side and uh, you know if ph is sending these messages on a regular basis he's doing so because and he's doing it every 30 minutes to establish that this is a man-made pattern. And he's doing it in because it's also giving those five people something to occupy their thoughts. And the rest of the time, he would be having all of them sleeping because they would consume the least amount of oxygen. So they're resting, they're sleeping, and then they're, every hour they're, they're getting up and they're knocking on the shell of that submersible. That's what I hope is happening, and that's what PH would and in terms of the amount of oxygen they have, we're told that by about 10 o'clock tomorrow morning UK time, the amount of oxygen runs out. Is that your understanding? That is my understanding, and it would be heartbreaking to consider that a, a man as warm and wonderful and dynamic as pH could be lost to the world. Mm. You know, I, I will personally feel impoverished. And and i got to tell you, if, you could, if I could make a personal comment i've said this before you know i feel convicted because last year ph when we got down to the titanic he actually sat in that titanium nose it's freezing cold it's full of condensation and he had slippers on which everyone wore except me i took these soft shoed uggs with soft sold uggs with sheepskin lining i meant to buy him a pair before he went and i keep thinking of him down there in this cramped claustrophobic quarters with his feet frozen, and I just, you know, I can't forgive myself for the simple act of not sending him the boots that I intended to. I know that sounds absolutely ludicrous. No, it doesn't, actually. It, I, sounds very, it sounds very human and very caring and exactly how I would feel in that situation. And it's, 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 the whole thing is a heartbreaking situation. These are people who, who love what they do and, and are part of history when they go down and find stuff and, and bring it back up for the world to see. But there is a, another side to this. Pierce, yeah, if I could interject, yeah. just one thing I would like to say, because you have referenced the people that are talking about 
how outrageous it is for mm. us to spend this time and money. I want to remind those people that 93% of the taxes paid in this country are paid by businesses through tax and remittances. And we are now returning that favor by seeking them out. And we would do that even if they were impoverished. But we do that because in the Western world, we put no price on human life. No, no, I, totally, I totally agree. Listen, I find that, that politics of envy stuff just ridiculous in a situation like this. But let me bring in William, because, uh, William Conan, you actually, in, in 2018, you were one of 40 submersible experts. You wrote a letter to the OceanGate CEO, Stockton Rush, warning that the experimental Titan sub did not meet industry standards. And I understand that you, you stand by every word of that letter today. Obviously... You don't want to be vindicated as such, but is this what you feared may one day happen? Yeah, Pierce, this is a, uh, it is a difficult situation we have over here. It's uh, uh, right now what's uh, going out in the field. Uh, you know, we, the, the ocean has the ability to humble us uh, puny humans out here. Uh, it is very unforgiving and from the perspective of the industry that makes these vehicles, um, we are humbled by the complexity of what it takes uh, to go down there. What we have learned over 50 years is humanity has learned how to safely explore the bottom. Uh, there are submarines that go down uh, uh, 6,000 meters and more uh, uh, every week. I mean, we have been doing that for decades. We have found out how to do this safely. Uh, it takes time. It is expensive. Uh, going deep is difficult. And so as an industry, we have, we have a North Star that we follow. You might say, look, it's, it's, it's parametric. You're just following old routines. But it is working. It has allowed us to operate for 50 years without a single event. Uh, and that is to uh, uh, follow a framework of certification that we have built up. It's an international framework. Uh, we know it works. Uh, and that has uh, stood us by. This is possible and this is safe. And my understanding, if I may by just the... jump in there, William, my understanding is that the Titan sub was only certified to reach depths of up to 1,300 metres underwater. But, of course, the Titanic is nearly 4,000 Meters, which is considerably further. So, do you do you believe, if you're being honest, that it was irresponsible to try and go this far down with the Titan? Uh, it is not possible to say what the uh, what the actual parameters are, Piers, and and that's part of the 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 issue of not going through certification. And I just want to add to that. Uh, the process certification sounds like red tape, but what it really is is teamwork, uh, and it involves international organizations that have rules and regulations and inspectors and engineers that scrub the design, that verify how it's built, that witness the testing. And what that does is it does give a whole team of seasoned engineers and professionals that add to ensure nothing is missed, uh, that everything is in order. Because when you're out there under these conditions, uh, Father Neptune here does not give uh, a lot of second but chances. But your concerns in that letter in 2018, they were that the Titan did not meet the requirements to do this kind of voyage, right? Uh, the, 
So the origin, I wrote the letter. Uh, I talked to Stockton about it, and it did came about because we do organize uh, the only conference on submersibles. We invite experts from around the world once a year. And in 2018, at the end of the conference, a number of people said, you know, this is very, very risky. 4,000 meters for five people uh, uh, doing it experimental without following uh, uh, our accepted rules of, 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 of design and safety is so risky. What should we do? Uh, uh, remaining silent didn't seem an option. We are all a bunch of nerds and engineers right. in some way. Uh, we have a very strong feeling and passion for, uh, as engineers in general, uh, duty of care. And there are certain things that uh, uh, we must take care of because it is not reasonable for normal citizens. And let me to ask be you, William. Sorry to jump in again. We're running out of time, but William, just do you believe that there is any hope that they will survive this? Yes, yes, there, there is. Uh, uh, I agree. Uh, we have to make all the efforts uh, as long as we are. Uh, it is. It is an issue. The fact that we have completely lost communication early on, and we don't know where it is. And right mm -hmm. now. Uh, uh, searching a small submersible like that in a white field uh, is so difficult. But if we can find them, we can hook up to them and bring them to surface. Let's leave it there on that positive note and hope that that is positivity which is met and borne out by events in the next, uh, in the next few hours. Well, no, I mean, sadly, by tomorrow morning, uh, the oxygen runs out. So there's a, a horrible ticking clock on this and we can only hope and pray that they do come forward and there is a miracle. Thank you both, uh, all three of you, very much indeed for joining me. I appreciate it. Uh, well, on says the next, a lightning of the low. Miss England is to bring back the swimwear round. Supporters say it's empowering. Critics say it's sexist. One of those critics will debate that with a former Miss USA next. Welcome back to Piers Morgan Uncensored. The Miss England contest has revealed it could restore its bikini competition after 20 years of self-censorship. The pageant used to feature a swimwear round for budding beauties to showcase their physical fitness, but it was banned in 2002 amid claims of sexism. Well, earlier this year, Miss Northern Ireland ditched its bikini round over concerns it was distracting from the true meaning of the contest, which suggests to me they didn't understand the true meaning of the contest. But Angie Beasley, the director of Miss England, says she's refusing to bow down to the woke brigade as she mulls the big decision, adding, it's great to be empowering women to feel confident in their own skin. So is this firebrand feminism or just Stone Age sexism? And what, frankly, is so offensive about bikinis. Well, I'm joined by the former Miss USA, Sarah Rose Summers, uh, and Ivana Knoll, the former Miss Croatia, and the feminist campaigner and current Miss North London. I've given her that title, Julie Bentle. All right, Julie, let me start with you, Miss North London, um, which I'm sure you would have won if you'd ever entered. Um, what's your problem with this? I, I never understood why they took it away. I thought the whole point of beauty pageants was the name on the tin suggests it was about physical beauty, and we got to celebrate the beautiful female form. Who cares? There's absolutely nothing wrong with celebrating beauty. There's nothing wrong with women's own definition of beauty. The problem is pitting women against each other competitively and men deciding who is conventionally attractive 
in the sense of the very sexist stereotypes. Well, hang on, and women. That girls and grow women. up under the cosh of. And women used to watch them and still of do. Of course, but there's no... Why are you singling out men? There's little point putting... There's, because there's little point using women as a smokescreen to suggest that, because of course I agree that women have the right to do what they wish with their own bodies. There's no point suggesting that this is about women and women's empowerment and agency when this comes from men. This comes from the directive that women's worth should be measured with conventional beauty. Like I say, I have no issue with women. What is okay? Let me, all right, let, me, let me challenge you on this. What is wrong with celebrating conventional beauty? I used to love watching Miss World No Things. Absolutely. Look, the competitiveness of these beauty competitions is sexism on steroids. They're competitions it's to see who's the most beautiful. Each other and saying it's the whole point of it. Women lose. And women win. And this is exactly how women are socialised, to feel worth less compared oh, to conventionally Oh, come off it, Julie. You don't women. believe this. A beauty standard that is set by men. Without sexism, we wouldn't have Miss last World. Last time I checked... And also, million... if you think about what happens Julie... in these competitions, Julie, there last... are so many women... Last time I checked, millions of women watch these competitions on TV too. They love them. It's irrelevant. As I, it's Why is irrelevant. that irrelevant? What I'm talking about is the... Because it's about the message that it sends to girls, to women in society, that this is something that well, happens to you have to wear to loads females, of clothes, otherwise... you otherwise, so you, and not to men. So you can only be in a beauty pageant if you wear head-to-toe clothing that covers all your flesh. This sounds like no, something out of North Korea or Saudi Arabia. Themselves. No, no, no. Beauty pageants in and of themselves are a symbol of sexism. I'm not suggesting banning them. I'm not suggesting locking up those that organise them or profit from them, such as Donald Trump, of course, that well-known pro-feminist man who mm. owned Miss Universe. Mm. The stories about the sexual harassment, sexual assault and terrible treatment of women in these pageants have been circulating for decades. OK, look, and I we want, mustn't okay. forget all, right. all of the reports from women about what happens to them okay. during these pageants. Let me go to someone who won uh, Miss USA and Miss Universe, Sarah Rose Summers. Sarah, you've been laughing away listening to this because apparently you're a, you're a tormented victim uh, and this is demeaning and sexist and male pigs like... I didn't say that. Well, you basically implied that may, it's only men like me who are, you know, being sexist no, pigs I for watching it. I didn't say that. Well, OK, you implied it was a male issue that, because men are objectifying women like Sarah. So, Sarah, did you it feel... Is. Well, they Sarah, do. did you feel objectified and a victim? I did not. I think it's just so important in this feminist female empowerment movement that we support each other's dreams and goals and aspirations. And no one ever forced me to compete in Miss Nebraska USA, Miss USA, Miss Universe. That was something I chose to do. And I started competing in pageants without a swimsuit competition. Um, Back when I was just 10 years old, I was super shy. It brought me public speaking skills, interview skills, taught me confidence how to hold myself on a stage and in a swimsuit. And long term, I believe the swimsuit competition is a positive for Miss contestants specifically because it really did teach me a healthy lifestyle. It taught me to long term sustain you know, I never neglected my sweet tooth. Um, I love my sweets. 
but I found ways I enjoyed moving my body. And that's not something that came natural to me either. I think that's so important. When people hear that I'm pro swimsuit competition, they instantly think, oh, well, you know, look at you. You clearly, you don't have to work for it by any means. Well, that is completely false. Genetics have definitely been against me. I've watched my mom yo-yo diet and diet her whole life. Um, and so I knew firsthand that I wanted to be proactive and stay fit. So I enjoy workout classes and things of that nature. So for myself and most everyone, it's a very close knit group of women. You know, we're all very like-minded. We have big lofty goals and are very philanthropic focused. So some of my best friends I've met through pageantry, and I would say that all of us would unanimously agree that the competitions that are in Miss USA, Miss Universe have only strengthened our confidence. Okay. I like that, and I, I think that's exactly what my feedback has been. I've, I've actually judged one of these things. Miss UK, I think it was. Um, oh, if really? I, yeah, I did. Interesting. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a wonderful... Now, my judges panel... Yeah, I thought it was it's a wonderful... Fun. My judges panel was fully made of women as well. Right. I mean, I just thought it was a celebration of, of feminist empowerment, frankly. Uh, Ivana, you are not exactly shy. Uh, we see a lot of you on your Instagram. Um, and you're wearing, I think, your swimsuit as we speak. Uh, what do you make of this? I mean, do you think there's any, any merit to the argument that perhaps it is a bit demeaning for women to, in a beauty pageant, have to wear swimsuits? Uh, dear peers, I cannot even think. I, I'm not. I cannot believe in 2023 we're discussed about this. Uh, I am a bikini owner of uh, SUC, and first of all, bikini is uh, part of life. Even every grandma, grand, grandpa has a bikini. Guys wearing bikini. Why guys are not sexual as I to wearing men shorts? It's totally different. Um, men can be uh, hormonal crazy about women wearing completely legends and cover it doesn't need to be bikini for sexualism you know he can say oh this girl is hot even full dress it's how we behave and how we allow guys to behave with us if i say hey i don't care about your hormones i'm wearing bikini and i want to be respected i'm respected and girl who is coming to a competition for Miss World, she need to be confident and she don't care about guy who is thinking with hormones. I, I, I don't think this girl should even be in the competition because if she is shy and she is afraid to be sexualized, then this poor girl should be in a living room and watch on TV screen. I completely agree. Let me bring Julie back. Julie, isn't this the point? You don't have to enter these things. They are a competition. I used to judge Britain's Got Talent and America's Got Talent. We'd have all sorts of people on uh, with all sorts of talents. No, no one was forcing them to be there. There's no gun to these young ladies' heads. They're on it because they want to show off their beauty. And last time I checked, we are allowed to as celebrate the beautiful female form, as indeed we are to celebrate the beautiful male form. I mean, you're looking at it. Um, I had, had your producer told me that... I would be debating with two women about this, I would have chosen not to come on the programme because I will not argue with women about the choices they make. My argument is against the men that set these conventional beauty standards, that impose this, these standards on girls and women growing up, most of whom feel that they are being judged and that they are being demeaned. They literally and that just they said the complete opposite. More or less than their own Julie, beauty I think, standards. Julie, honestly, I say this with and great... The, the, Julie, the competitiveness Julie. between women Julie. is the worst thing 
possible when actually we need to stick together. So I wouldn't have chosen to come on the programme had I known I was debating with these two women because right. my argument isn't with them, it's with the men that uphold these standards. Right, but what you're conveniently ignoring is we've had two women who've taken part in these pageants who both say that there's no problem... Uh, the women all enjoy being on it. They like a bit of friendly competition. Mm -hmm. They're all supportive of each other. Mm -hmm. They don't feel remotely bothered about men objectifying them because as many women watch it as men. I really don't see what the problem is. Other and there than are you... thousands and thousands of testimonies from women all over the world since the 1960s that have been in beauty pageants that talk about hideous misogynistic treatment by men, where they talk about rape and sexual assault, sexual harassment and being thrown away and discarded once they get to the age of 27, which is the age limit, mm. and being told that they're over the hill. So there are stories that we haven't heard tonight. And I would tell your, your viewers, maybe go and do a little bit of Google research and have a look at the okay, stories. OK, well, so let me ask you this, then. What, how tonight. do you feel, then, about public beaches, high streets where women march around in bikinis, especially...? My issue isn't with, with, my issue isn't with nakedness or nudity. My issue is with the value placed upon women competing with each other for who has the perfect in the eyes of sexist men that judge women oh, by their Oh, come looks, off it. Honestly, I've got to say, Julie... My I think issue that is, is such not a... with nakedness Julie, I think it's such a lame thing to say that it's just sexist men that watch these things. They don't. Mm -hmm. I know loads of women well, it's who true. love watching it's... beauty pageants and admiring the beauty, as they do, by the way, when they buy women's magazines and see beautiful women it, on the cover. Like often I very say, famous. I don't want to hold women up. No, you I don't want to blame want any to women, women for anything. It's all ugly men like me. It's my fault. For sexism. I Listen, we've got to end it, it there, but, but I make frankly, no apology... With... I, Julie, I make no apology for admiring the beautiful female form, mm -hmm. including yourself and my two other and guests. And I wouldn't ask you to, Piers. I know. I'm just offering my, my appreciation of Miss North London. Is that OK? <laughs> and, Julie, I think it's important to note, like I had said earlier, that my panel of judges was solely women that were successful in their industry. So I wasn't mm -hmm. strutting my stuff up there, answering onstage questions to men, as you keep mentioning. Thankfully, um, okay, I do believe I would that say, though, I look, we've got to leave really it there, Sarah, but I would say, honestly, Sarah Rose, I would say, just because men like watching beauty pageants doesn't make us all a bunch of sexist pigs. You can appreciate a beautiful woman in the most non-sexist manner I never use the possible. term pig. You could just say you I like beauty. I admire beauty. I like it in all guises. I like a beautiful Arsenal football player as much as I admire a beautiful woman Good in a beauty you. pageant. Thank you, Julie. We've reached a point of Good agreement, I think, or at least Thank acknowledgement. You. I'm allowed to like beautiful things. Lovely to speak to all three of you. Thank you very much indeed. Well, uncensored next. This is a real... Oh, this is a real gear change. Dr Cornell West. Uh, haven't spoken to him for many years, but was one of my favourite guests when I used to work at CNN. He spent his life fighting the status quo. He's now fighting for the Oval Office, and he joins me live next. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. 
When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back. Well, Dr. Cornell West has done it all. Harvard professor, philosopher, social justice pioneer. He even appeared in two of the Matrix movies. If he has his way, his next job will top a lot. President of the United States. As his Twitter announcement shows, he's ready for a fight. Do we have what it takes? We shall see. But some of us are going to go down fighting, go down swinging with style, and a smile, accenting the best in you and trying to tease out the best in me. Let's do it together. Well, that actually makes me want to vote for him immediately. Dr. Cornell West, the Green Party presidential candidate, joins me from Orange County in California. Dr. West, what a pleasure to speak to you again. My dear brother, I appreciate you having me here, and it's been a long time. I a long call time. Those wonderful days with Brother Tavis in the dialogue, but God bless you and your loved ones. Your well, I've got to say, you've aged better than I have, uh, and I, I've got to say, if all else fails, Dr. West, you'll always have a job doing the intro to my show each night with that voice. <laughs> we both are blessed that we'll, we are still here in our right minds, or brother, this world is... Uh, Quite a place to be right now. Well, let me joy, ask you. Let me ask you about that, actually, uh, just off the yes, top. Yes. What do you yes. make of the state of the world? We've gone through a very uh, disastrous pandemic, a, a cost of living crisis we haven't seen for many decades. Uh, we've had some appalling racial uh, situations, like the George Floyd murder. Uh, we've had obviously a war raging in Ukraine now, in Europe again. Where are we as a planet? Do you think? Well, I'll tell you the truth, brother. The history of the species is one in which we're so wretched. It's too many forms of domination, too much hatred, too much greed. But we always have moments of interruption. We try to broaden those interruptions with love, justice, deep integrity, and solidarity with poor and working people. So, I, you know, we can read the great Lawrence Stern. We can read Cervantes and see, oh, my God, we've always been such a wretched species, so much so much ugliness, so much overwhelming suffering, and yet they will not have the last word. That's where courage comes in. That's where compassion comes in. That's where democracy comes in, my brother. Is there a lack of moral courage in 
world leaders right now, just generally? Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. No doubt. Not just leaders, but I think too often you get uh, um, professionals and educated people who are so obsessed with material success and they give up on moral and spiritual greatness. Mm. You know, and I know that, uh, you know, the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. and Rabbi Heschel and Dorothy Day and in your own country, R.H. Tani and Stuart Hall and Jacqueline Rose. I mean, these are truth tellers who cut against the grain. No one's perfect, but we need exemplars of genuine compassion and courage that goes far beyond just obsession with money, status, spectacle, and image. But we live in a world in which everything's commodified. Everybody's for sale. Everything is for sale. The superficial and the surface replace the substantive and, most importantly, the courageous. So, yes, it's, this, it's a lot of spiritual decay and in the United States. We've got Trump leading us towards civil war, Biden leading us toward World War III, connected to Ukraine and China. We need voices. Get beyond the hatred. Get beyond the revenge. But look at the world through the lens of those Franz Fanon called the wretched of the earth poor and working people. I don't care what color or country or sexual orientation or gender. I'm talking about their humanity. And too often, the organized greed at the top is leading us to destruction, my brother. You've been very powerful, I have to say. You've been very outspoken about Ukraine. Uh, you want to see peace uh, in that uh, war. But how does peace look like if you're Ukrainian? You've had Vladimir Putin illegally invade your country, a democratic country, seizing land which belongs to you. How is there any peace to be achieved if Ukraine, in my opinion, quite rightly, don't want to give an inch of any of this land to the Russians? Well, one, I think we always begin with solidarity with the suffering, and that is the suffering of our precious brothers and sisters in the Ukraine. But we have to understand this in the larger backdrop, brother. You know and I know that the United States promised Russia, they would not move one inch toward Russia by means of NATO. Now, 13 former countries associated with Soviet Union are part of NATO. There's missiles targeting Russia right near the borders. You know what I know again. If there were missiles in, in, in Mexico and Canada who were operated, sponsored by Russia or China, the United States would blow, blow them into smithereens overnight. That's how empires function in that regard. So that, yes, that invasion is criminal. Yes, that invasion is wrong and immoral. But at the same time, NATO, as an instrument of U.S. global power and imperial policy, pushed them against the wall. They did have a, they were close to a ceasefire agreement in March of 2022. And yet the United States did not give the green light. So we've got to really but be But just honest. to pin you down on my question, yeah. How do they now do a peace deal that doesn't involve Ukraine giving up land that they are determined not to give up? Well, no, once you have to cease fire, my brother, and you got to bring in the Chinese, you got to bring in the African leaders, you got to bring in the Ukrainians, you got to bring in the Turks, those who have played a role in trying to promote the ceasefire, you then move through diplomatic processes so that there's fairness in the diplomatic process. But you've got to stop the fighting. You've got to stop the war. And it becomes more and more a proxy war against America and Russia on the way to nuclear exchange, on the way to World War III. This is madness. We've got to be able to... 
have constraints in this regard. But yes, you're right. The suffering of our precious Ukrainian brothers and sisters is very real. And that's one of the reasons why it's got to stop immediately. $120 billion of U.S. taxpayer money already gone there. And of course, as Martin Luther King used to say that the, uh, the bombs dropped in Vietnam land in ghettos and reservations and poor working class communities of any color. So the military expands and we get pulled back on social services, social programs for the poor, not just in the United States, but unfortunately, this is more and more true around the world, my brother. Dr. West, I could talk to you for hours. and I'm sorry, we've run out of time. I want to wish you all the best with your campaign because the campaign, the race needs somebody like you with your intellect, with your passion, I think with your moral courage and your honesty uh, and your conviction for things. I've always enjoyed talking to you. I have again tonight. Please come back on again soon. I appreciate it. No, uh, you call and I'll definitely be back. But you stay strong, my brother. Good to see you, Dr. West. All the best. All right, though, man. Uncensored next, controversial social media superstar Andrew Tate and his brother appear in court in Romania facing charges of rape and human trafficking. We'll hear how they responded next. Welcome back to Pittsburgh on the Censor. Welcome back to my pack. Talk to me contributor Esther Cracker and associates of Daily Mirror, Kevin Maguire. So, Kevin, do you identify as a cis man? No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> you even know what it means? Uh, yes, and if I was called it, I wouldn't be offended, although I know it can occasionally be a term of abuse, can occasionally. Well, it's quite interesting. So, uh, this guy on Twitter uh, objects to being called cis and cisgender. So a bunch of trans activists yeah. then bombard him with calling him sissy and cisgender, Ooh. right, and yeah. using it as an attacking yeah. thing. And Elon Musk got involved and he said, but actually the words cis and cisgender are deemed slurs on Twitter if they're used in a harassing way. And it was interesting, so J.K. Rowling then responded to this, sissy's ideological language signifying belief in the unfalsifiable concept of gender identity, of a perfect right to believe in unprovable essences that may or may not match the sexed body, but the rest of us have a right to disagree and to refuse to adopt your jargon. Yep. That, to me, is crucial. Mm. Why should I have to go along with being called something I don't even understand or recognise? Yep. I'm a man. No, you... I'm not a cisgender bloke or whatever. No, no you don't, but also, if you're Elon Musk and you say you believe in free speech, why do you ban that when you don't, for instance, lots of cases of, uh, of racism Mm. and he allows far-right groups to uh, run them off. He is trying to ban all that as well, to be fair to him. He he took over over Twitter and he relaxed the controls and the regulations. He allowed certain people back on who were conservative commentators who had no doubt either been banned or shadow banned, which is even more kind of weird and sinister, by a bunch of wokies on Twitter. Uh, and they're not all racist headbangers at all. I don't think cis is enough of a slur to ban it. I think this was yeah. a bit of a mistake on Elon's part. But I do think the word cisgender or cis no, he's signifies about ideological capture. Way. If you say, you're being think... sissy, right? He's saying, no. Well, sissy is a word, it. but we're not cis... having We're not having the trans activists deciding what yeah. language can or can't be used in a derogatory way. Why has he gone off on this? 
and he turns a blind eye a or permits thing, it. Yeah. Because of his, his child and... Yeah. But yeah. Elon Musk, I, I can yeah. see, but like... he's, Politically, he's not actually right-wing. He's a Bernie Sanders guy, historically. Right? I mean, he's not that right. Yeah, look, he's all over the place for his own commercial interests. I think, he, I think he's the Republicans in the mid I think he's trying to find a balance of where free speech lies. I really do think he's well intentioned. I think he's treating Blunders. Twitter like his own, like, sort of personal toy. Uh, which, you know, if you buy it, you can play with it. But I don't think this is enough of a, an offensive word. Well, we've just seen Hunter Biden, the son of the president, mm. has now been uh, charged on several offences about his taxes. That all came from the laptop, yeah. which was suppressed by Twitter, if you remember. Yeah. Mm -hmm. New York Post story exposing the laptop was actually banned by Twitter yeah. from being seen by anybody. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that was going on before Elon Musk bought it. He's saying, that's wrong. Yeah, yeah but look, we can condemn that, and it should have been allowed, you know, New York Times, very reputable, it should have been allowed to be there. I mean, that's so we can criticise that. That could and, sway the election. Yeah, and we can really? also, yeah, yeah. also criticise Musk again here on saying, right, this is bad. I think he's right. He just needs to distance himself. I want to get an interview with Elon Musk. He knows I do. We, we, DM, <laughs> each, we DM each other quite a lot. Come on, Elon. You know it's time. Um, Andrew Tate, obviously, I've interviewed him several times. Mm. He's now been charged in Romania with rape, human trafficking, and forming an organised crime group to sexually exploit women. His brother, Tristan, and two associates also have faced charges. They all deny the allegations. This is what Andrew Tate said outside court today. I would like to say massive thank you to all the supporters we have around the world. Regardless of what the mainstream media keeps saying and the lies they try and purport, we get tens of thousands of messages from people every single day supporting us, and they understand that we're not the first affluent, wealthy men who have been unfairly attacked in our, in our situation. Unfortunately, it happens quite often. So, an emphatic denial, an emphatic defence, you'd expect nothing else from him. But what do we make of this case? Can he get a fair trial in Romania? Well, we'll, we'll see. And it should be dealt with on the facts. But I don't think I'll be joining any vigils outside the Romanian embassy or suggesting Amnesty International make him a prisoner of conscience. So, you've, look, think, he, yeah. he's, so you've convicted him before he's no, no, actually faced a trial? He's a deeply unsympathetic character because he's profited make him from guilty. spreading that's, hate. That's what I was saying. I doesn't make him is, innocent, but no, doesn't make him guilty. No, this is more... I actually... I, I know this is controversial. I actually huh? think he is innocent. And I think this is more about reputation damage than anything because I think mm. they've taken so long to even charge him and he's always proclaimed his innocence and I think if he was guilty of all of these things he wouldn't be the world's most I will be very man. interested to see this trial actually yeah. to yep. see what right. actually comes out and let justice take its course yep. Yep. thank you Pat appreciate it that's it from me whatever you're up to keep it uncensored good night What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.